0: He, with the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's has been His game, his whole career. By looking at him smiling, we go, My bad. My bad. <laughs> To another episode of the Walk Two, I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach, and we are the least efficient fantasy basketball podcast you'll ever hear, but we get the job done. Natty, uh, you ready to rank some small forwards? Let's do it. Yeah, I figured. I figured we jump right into it, so that uh, when we do tend to wander or give our long ramblings, at least we're talking about basketball and we're in and amongst the weeds and, and getting people in and deep into the podcast rather than uh, having them wade through five minutes of us rambling before we actually talk fantasy that's some good self-scouting right there (laughs) i appreciate that well done. that's what i'm here for that's what i'm here for uh so we've been slowly making our way through every positional rankings uh we have point guard we did small uh, shooting guards and now we are on to the men in the middle the small forwards uh natty we'll start with you who is your fifth small forward uh for this year in fantasy as we say at the top of all of these, this was really hard. This one um, especially, just because I felt yeah. like there's not that much depth there. It's kind of like the top guys. And if you don't like the top guys, then it's kind of like a crapshoot as to who you're filling that spot with.
1: Yeah, I think everybody from seven on down are the fun ones because if you hit and they pop, like you said, then you get to feel so cool. Right. Um, you know, uh it's more fun to be right (laughs) you know with with a bet than it is to be like oh yeah i got steph curry oh was he good
0: right exactly Um, i was looking at all of the all the like the seven through kind of 10 seven through 15 and i was like man can we just talk about these guys like fuck the top five everyone knows who the top five are let's uh let's talk about someone more interesting but we gotta you know you gotta give the people what they want Hard choices, man. That's what we're here for, (laughs) you know? And we're here to make them for you so that you don't have to. And then that way, if they fail, you have someone to blame other than yourself.
1: And I will uh, go blameless with this because I am putting my money where my mouth is. Chris Middleton is my number five. Holy shit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He was 43rd in points per game last year, but that was with more options on the team. Uh, I just think that he's going to jump in value because the small increments in amounts of shots and just possessions that he'll be a part of will, e- I mean, he was one of only a few players that had stat lines that, and all of the other ones were top five players basically. Um, and he had the lowest amount of shot attempts. So I just think that small improvements and more, just a like three more attempts per game will make him fantasy gold
0: yeah i mean i I, my number five is tobias harris who we've talked about on this podcast and i think both of these guys are similar narratives and just the fact that like if they get that uptick they've shown good propensity in the offensive side of things and if they get that uptick in usage that that's enough to push them into a top five at the position
1: Absolutely. Toby was 33rd in points per game last year, and he will have more opportunities now because JJ Redick is gone and Jimmy Butler is gone. Um, he's going to be the outside scoring threat on that team and they are going to need him. Yeah. So he's
0: damn it. You're probably right, Pete, but <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised that you not to hear Toby as your number five at the very least, given, given your Pistons fandom, given just your Tobias love. Yeah, and the perfect fit
1: on that team, uh, fantasy wise. Yeah, I I will say that I had Chris, Toby, and another player as my five, six, seven, and I kept going back
0: and forth on mm-hmm. them,
1: and uh, finally just settled on Chris with a K. You
0: know, let's believe, yeah. go Bucks. No, there's nothing, and and nothing wrong with that because I also think that you could see a world in which the de- teams after watching a full year of this Bucks offense, right, start keying in more on Giannis and or 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 just that or NBA adapting to figuring out how to guard Giannis better and then so that's putting the emphasis on players around him to start doing a little bit more than just kind of being pieces around the three-point line for him to dish to Um, and if that does happen Chris Middleton is going to be the one who gets that who's the first one to get that uptick in that offense so I wouldn't be surprised for him to to put together a really nice season just like I wouldn't be surprised for Tobias Harris to put together a really nice season playing along uh Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid and what we said no JJ Redick there's no uh Jimmy buckets and so suddenly now he's the incumbent third guy and honestly I would say they're number two scoring option behind I mean I don't know. Like who who <laughs> uh, who who is that number one guy? Like obviously you're going to have the ball always in Ben Simmons's hand, and you're going to want to get Joel involved in the post. But like, I feel like the they haven't had the like that go to can create a shot for himself guy, and that's Tobias. And so the question is just like I, I'm curious to see in this in this Sixers offense as to how it all meshes together. I think the team will probably go as Al
1: Horford goes. And if he's the sort of big man distributor Mm. that takes over the spot that Ben Simmons would usually occupy. um,
0: Oh, because Ben Simmons is such a good shooter that he doesn't need the ball in his hand.
1: You know what? That's true until it isn't. And there's going to be one of these years where he just starts shooting, you know, like 35% or whatever, and it's not going to be a big deal anymore um
0: and right I but think, it's I mean, it, until we're going to make fun shot, of him so. <laughs> we're going to make fun of him until he starts doing that and absolutely he has shown Same no right. willingness to start doing that so i don't foresee this future coming at us lickety split i mean go green go, stuns. go green. Um, i mean i just i'm being unbiased here dr pete in the house i just don't think that it matters that much because philly was so good last
1: year yeah and they'll be better this year, or at, I, I think that there will be improvement from the players. Maybe overall as a team, they, they won't be as good. Jimmy Butler's really, really good, and he was their closer. Um, and now I don't really know who that is. Um, you know, the last two minutes in Philly games are going to be pretty interesting. So I think you're just going to, to have see. to feed and bead. Yeah. So, um, but who, who knows? Uh, the... NBA changes fast, and you know, if Simmons comes in with a workable jumper, then everything changes
0: like oh, that. Yeah, I mean, if Simmons, yeah, if Simmons has any kind of reliable jump shot, he is rocketing to the ranks of, I mean, he's the top of every fantasy list. He's suddenly now the guy, unquestioned offensive scorer in that, in that, on that team. I just, we haven't seen it yet, and I, and I'm, we shocked, sure, totally we, we talked ourselves into this. Not a corner, because a corner means that you're trapped. We've talked ourselves into this uh, hammock, this hammock of Tobias Harris, and I'm comfortably laying in it, so I'm here for it.
1: That's Toby all over, man. You know, just grab a drink, sit down, have a good time. It's going to be great.
0: Ah, That's a good man. Uh, All right, small forward number four. I have LeBron James here. Uh, I, think, I think that this is not going to, I mean, I think he's going to return with a vengeance and the Lakers will be a good team and everything will mesh more or less pretty well. Um, and I'm not expecting like a, a giant collapse from him or LA. I'm not sure that he is going to be uh, his usual self, what we've seen so far, where you can just kind of chalk him up to being, all right, he's the best small forward slash power forward in fantasy. I don't think that rings true anymore, uh, especially since he's probably going to be on a, you know a, a play count for at least the first half of the season, I'd have to think, so that he has enough energy to make a deep playoff run, if, if that's what it comes to.
1: Even if he lost four points off his points per game, he'd still be top 20 in scoring. So uh, he can take a step back and still be hella valuable. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to take it. I like. I don't believe all this AD for MVP bullshit at all. <laughs> I, I think this is LeBron coming back, and it's going to be like MJ and... He's just going to be furious. He's had his longest rest ever. Um, Speaking about, you know, load management, he's said before that it doesn't really work for him to sit out too much because his back tightens up. Mm. Like he plays to stay loose. Um, I sort of wonder about the necessity of him playing as opposed to last year. Strangely, I think maybe this roster's a little bit Better or at least um more able to withstand him not playing. Right. And we should remember when he got injured last year, the Lakers were, I think, the four seed in the West. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when he plays, they're good. It doesn't oh. really matter who's around him. We know that. Yeah. Um so I think, you know, maybe he scores less per game, and maybe some other things go up. If the worst happens and he's load managed and he really takes a backseat to AD. He's still going to be top twenty in scoring. I have absolutely no doubt of that.
0: No, and I and maybe I should I should have clarified. Like my 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 clearly four through one are all very close together right
1: right um, yeah totally These, these he could are, like, stay the same and everyone else just gets better and it's right. like okay. i just
0: I, i'm not saying lebron's gonna suddenly be not lebron i and i and i agree with you that he could he could come back and just be like hey i've had this year off of basketball i'm now just about to show the like remind everyone how good i can be which would be scary and terrifying um but i also think that there are On my list, at the very least, three guys who could put up better numbers than him in a very close race for who's the number one fantasy guy at that position. Sure. Also, uh,
1: you know, Devil's Advocate, he's had all this time off. Maybe he'll be rusty. What Ooh. does a rusty
0: LeBron look like? Still still goes for like, I don't know, 20 and 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Still one of the best players that you'll ever see. But maybe, maybe now he's you know, top 25 instead of, instead of top 10. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing is that LeBron is still to have a cataclysmic fall would be more shocking than anything else. Oh he's yeah. He's one of the safer players you can choose. Um, and he's my second small forward, so okay. I'm I'm all in on LeBron. I just think that this AD stuff is ridiculous. I think AD needs to be load managed more than LeBron
0: does. Oh, that I agree with. I'm not buying. I'm not buying any of the AD for MVP or AD. It should be your number one pick in fantasy if you're doing redraft leagues. I don't believe any of that crap. I I just think that he, it'll be an offense where you're going to have two stars. Um, and, and that might bring LeBron down, down a little bit, and we haven't seen him play for a while. And I just don't think that he is going to be a lock for that number one position anymore, especially with, uh, some of the guys who I'm sure we'll get to, but enough about me. Who is your four? My four is DeMar Dechosen. Ah, I should, have, should have known dude.
1: Oh yeah, man. 23rd points per game last year, by the way, no big deal.
0: No, baby. Um,
1: Yeah. Not shooting threes. Doesn't need to. He's an <laughs> old school kind of player. Hey man, he is the official spokesperson for this podcast. He and Carmelo. Let's be honest. Absol- dude. Like they're only inefficient if you miss them, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and God damn
0: it. We don't miss.
1: Yeah. And he does that with another mid range shooter in LaMarcus Aldridge the Spurs are just so goddamn weird, man. They're, they really are. It is so bizarre. They're, it's all guards this year, and they're going to have to shoot more threes, but they were really loath to do that. I think their defense is going to be absolutely stifling. I don't know how good they'll be when facing off against all these teams with giants, but um, I, I can't really see a world where DeMar's Shots go down and he is who he is. Like he gets these points going up against anybody shooting the way that he does. He gives you a lot of other um, good things too. You know, he gives you boards, he gives you assists. I think this is just one more year in a Spurs system that is designed to maximize his value. Um, And I, I really think he's going to have a great, great year.
0: Yeah. He was, he was one of the guys who, I mean, he was probably closest to to Tobias Harris who I was debating at, at five. Um, and for all the reasons that you pointed to, he's a stat sheet stuffer who scores can get buckets and a second year in the Spurs system, whatever pop has got planned for, like, I trust pop to always have a plan for his team and always to put the players in there. If they perform at the level that they're capable of in the best position to, you know, get buckets and make things happen. Uh, so I, if you, yeah, no, I totally buy this. I can, I could talk myself into this. No problem. Can I give
1: you a stat real quick?
0: Hell yes, you can.
1: Okay. De scored 21 points per game last year, 23rd overall and six assists. Do you know who else scored 21 points per game and had six assists per game? Marcus smart. It's Luka
0: Doncic. (laughs) Is it really? Oh, fuck. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now, how much do you love (laughs) DeMar?
0: And now, now I love me some, no, uh, Again, like thats it's one of those things where you – I can speak as someone who is immersing myself more and more in the NBA. You have opinions constructed about players purely from team that they're on or past experiences with them where maybe you're not fully in tuned with what they've done in recent years or what their numbers mean on a full NBA scale. And it's always nice to be able to break it down like that and say, okay – Twenty-one points per game, six assists per game. Who else has done that? It's Luca, who we've already spent way too much. No, that's impossible. The <laughs> right amount, even not, not enough, enough. Right, not enough <laughs> airtime on this podcast, hyping up this year. And so, if you're going to give that same kind of acclaim and excitement towards Luca, some of that, some of that can be directed also to uh, Demar Chosen. It's I, I will get overly excited for Demar again this year when the Spurs trade for Kyle Lowry and reunite that duo. Uh but until then I'll be I'll be I'll be happy. I'll happily watch Demar from a distance. Your Demar love from a distance and then when Kyle Lowry and that and that bromance rejoins it becomes one again in the NBA, then I'll be fully on board and I'll come join you.
1: I would love that so hard. Get those best friends back together. They're so spursy.
0: Oh, my God. And it's just so beautiful. It's just pure friendships like that are are such a glorious thing to behold in sports. And it's, you know, in this day and age where, you know, everything's bouncing around, players are moving, you have all kinds of chaos in a a team construction, and, and maybe you get along with your teammates, but you're not like besties. God, it was so nice. So just their, their post-game like interviews and and all that kind of stuff was just like the most adorable thing. They're like an old married couple. God, I miss them. I miss them so much.
1: Yeah, and they would talk shit about analytics, being like, oh, they don't like your shots. It's they great. Don't. I mean, that was always the
0: best, is they would always talk to DeMar and be like, DeMar, have you ever thought about shooting three-pointers? Kyle Lowry's like, oh, DeMar, and they yeah. all on to you.
1: Yeah, DeMar averaged 0.6 three-point attempts last that year, so and he still scored insane. over 20 points a game. He scored more than Nikola Jokic. He scored mm. more than CJ McCollum. He Ooh. scored more than Toby. So yeah. DeMar does it in his own way, and it's fucking awesome, and hes I think he's just going to be 30 this year. Yeah, he'll be 30 this year. So there's plenty of more time for DeMar, and he's perfect for that team as it's constructed right now
0: yeah no i'm huh. you're, you we're very good at convincing each other about the player you're talking about <laughs> this is why we're a great podcast we're a great duo uh you're third right. we're both wrong oh, right now, oh <laughs> shit who do you listen to uh your third small forward this year in fantasy
1: my third is mr buckets himself jimmy butler I think he is going to be incredible. And I know that he's been a two a lot, um, but he's listed as the starting small forward for the Miami heat. Um, The last bulls year for him, he averaged 24 points per game, six rebounds and five assists. That's basically Blake Griffin's numbers last year. And like, why the hell couldn't Jimmy do it or better than that this year? That's his team. He's in charge.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, I mean, we'll bounce to mine too because Jimmy Buckets is my two, is my second nice. small forward this year, and and we've talked about this narrative, and I'm going to live and die on this narrative. This is the Jimmy Buckets. Fuck you this is my team. Watch what I can do season. Like this is the year where he got fought himself off of Minnesota because Minnesota is a garbage organization. So I can understand that and wanting his own team where he's not competing with cat. Who's, you know, that young superstar who, who, the fan base is already going to, you know, be pivoted around. So then he goes to Philly to try to like team up and, and win himself a championship, which I fully respect. But then that's a team where you're dealing with already, you know, a superstar conundrum where it's like, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid and yeah. Jimmy Buckets is like, all right, I want to get in the fucking middle of this. And now he's in Miami. First of all, uh, top five jersey in the league. Can we say that? Uh, is that is that fair? I, yeah, I like both the
1: regular ones and the like Miami oh. Knights, like pink. Oh, the ones? Miami Vice
0: jerseys are fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so fly. Yeah, those things it's cool. Oh my god, those those might be the the best alternative jerseys in professional sports. Um, it's, well, they're pretty goddamn good. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna have our non-existent producer write down this in the notes that we'll we'll have a podcast where we rank the best jerseys of uh, the NBA. Sure, Pistons some- are number one. Oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, no, that's no, no. Cool, cool, cool. Definitely, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Um, So anyway, so that's a plus right there. But I agree. Like he is going to come in there. He's going to be like, okay, look, you all have forgotten about just how good I was in Chicago and just what I can do on a basketball court. And he's going to prove that this year. He's going to just go full fuck you mode. It's going to be stats on stats on stats on stats as he carries this heat team as far as his body can physically take him
1: absolutely i think they're a playoff team no doubt um i think they'll probably make a trade i'd also like to say that jimmy went from chicago to minnesota to philly to miami he is not going to have to withstand shitty winters anymore Mm. like he's in a spot where everything's awesome all of the time outside of hurricanes, obviously. Yeah. Um. But he's just in, like he won so hard yeah. and people still don't respect him. So I just, like we've said before, this is a year of pissed off players and he's got to be top five and pissed off players. I can't wait to watch. And I think they'll just absolutely dominate that division.
0: Oh my God. I mean, who in there is going to even give them a run for their money?
1: The only other team is maybe Orlando and I'm not as high on Orlando as some people are. I don't think they're a playoff team this year.
0: Yeah. Unless Aaron Gordon just goes super sane. He was so much. Yeah, sure. I like flirted. I would not say top five, but I was flirting with the notion of like Aaron Gordon being a breathing in the top five, uh, at, at whatever position you want to play him small forward, power forward this year in fantasy, just being like, Oh, I mean, like there's, a there is a narrative that you could construct where he just goes, takes that huge next step and just becomes, you know, a, all around NBA master. But I, I couldn't muster up the courage to, to put him in my top five this week. I mean, if everything clicks, then he could be
1: sensational and he's still 24 or 25. Um, I said before that I think the Orlando Magic need to figure out what he is in order to know what their team is. But I also think that Jonathan Isaac, their other wing, is going to be really important for Mm. Aaron Gordon's game this year because Isaac's still raw, but you can tell that he's pretty good uh, or that he could be really good. And the way those two wings operate together, if they can operate together, will be very interesting to watch and will probably you know, show whether the Orlando magic can make the playoffs or not. Exactly.
0: Okay. So Jimmy Buckus is your three. He's my two. So my three, uh, I have Qui Leonard as my three. The only reason that he's bumped down this much uh, from, from a two or a one position is just because of injuries uh, and just figuring out what exactly I thought that the Raptors set the blueprint. Of how to play him during the regular season, so that he is fresh and can just become the best player in the NBA during the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers utilize some sort of similar load management, um, and so because of that, he's not going to play, you know, all 82 games or even maybe 70 games uh, to give you consistent fantasy production. But he's still going to be phenomenal, and he's still going to get you. He's going to get you defense, which Jimmy Buckets also gets you, but you know, he he does that at, the, at a super elite level. He's going to get you rebounds, assists, uh, and obviously he's going to get you points. You
1: no, know, I was thinking about this, and Kawhi's my number one because it occurred to me, what if Kawhi's one of the pissed-off players? Mm. Like, he just won another ring, and he's incredible, and everyone's saying he's the best player in the world, but they're also saying... Yo, he's not even going to play, like, 65 games, man. Like, maybe he's good, but who cares if you can't get volume out of him? What if he comes in and he plays 75? What if he comes in and plays 80? What if, you know, the injury that he has uh, had to manage the past couple of years is finally healed? What if he's like Justin Verlander after his oblique surgery and, you know, it took two seasons to get healthy? Also... um. Paul George, his running mate, isn't going to be back until the winter. And even when he does come back, it's probably going to take him 20 or so games to get um, NBA fit. So it's going to be 40 games or so until Paul George is Paul George at the best. Probably. That means that Kawhi is going to have to play more earlier in the season because the Clippers can't get into a hole. Yeah. The West is too deep. Like you can't, I don't even know if you can go five games back with some of these teams. You you have to be able to stay steady through the race. I think it's really important for the Clippers and the Lakers to both sort of be not more than four games back just because you can see how a hole can just – it like if you go on a seven-game really tough uh, run against teams that are all in the West, then you'll just plummet. And then you'll have to play every single game just to try to get your head back above water. So I wonder if maybe Kawhi will play more earlier in the season. And then when PG 13 is back, maybe he can, you know, take his foot off the gas.
0: Yeah. No, so that's, he's my number one. I, yeah. I like. That's a, that's God damn it. Just like what we said. I mean, that's a good narrative. That's a great narrative, especially around uh, Paul George being out and then not being able to kind of play. N- fewer games to start the season, but having to start off with a bank. I mean, granted, I do think that the Clippers, because they built this team hundred percent correctly have the depth. I mean, clearly they are basically returning sure. the same team that they had last year. So we know that that team can put wins on the table. And so I, I don't think it's going to be a hundred percent necessary. Like, it's not going to be something where it's like, if you took this about the Lakers, right. And let's say AD had a similar thing as PG 13 and he was out for the first you know month and then took 20 some odd games to, in order to get back into shape so you know the first two to three months 80 was was kind of out LeBron would have to play those games right because the Lakers couldn't yeah. not play LeBron and still stay in the west whereas I think the Clippers could not play quiet as much as they possibly needed to and still stay in the west simply because of how deep that team is and how good that team is already to begin with but you are right you are right that that there is a, a st- a line here a a path for Kwai to start this season off basically looking like how he finished last season and being you know within two months of the league everyone just being like oh so uh postseason quiet leonard is just now regular season quiet leonard this is cool um and yeah if you, it's and three if you years him, to go right. right right and if you have him you, on your fantasy team you are or you are sitting pretty
1: yeah, Dude, I counter don't argument that. that everyone should be making is the Clippers still fucking have Lou Williams and Trez Harrell, and they did great without these guys last year. So
0: this team is so goddamn deep. It, it, it is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and they'll probably make some kind of a trade. Like I, I don't think this is the team that will go into the playoffs. I think they'll have somebody else, and it's it's a really well-constructed team they did a great great job
0: they they really and and again like what we were I mean when we were talking last week about player movement and all that kind of stuff like the Clippers are a perfect example of doing it right they built a they built a team from the ground up with players and a good environment and a good system with a good owner and good coach a place that people wanted to come and play and so when they had their success and they had superstar free agents kwai was like oh guess what i'm coming to la because of the system you've constructed because it's you know it's his hometown right he's from la question mark? yeah i believe so yeah, yeah i think so so that's that part's part of the draw too but like you know i'm picking you over the lakers because of this and then you were able to get paul george out of okc after signing a massive contract saying i'm never gonna leave okc uh in order to come to the clippers so an example steve Ballmer, an uh, example of good team construction and how you build a winning environment where you can actually attract players, as opposed to having them all flee.
1: Also, Doc Rivers is a better coach than Frank Vogel or Jason Kidd, um, and he's been in this situation before. I mean, this is Ubuntu West. Yeah, they just need, uh, you know, I guess maybe they have Trez Harrell. So, but they, if they had a really destructive interior defender. Um, it would look just exactly like the goddamn Celtics. So, who says Montrose
0: Harrell isn't Kendrick Perkins, baby? Yeah, sure, totally.
1: It's um, it is a team designed to do well in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, especially because they have like the two Sixth Men of the Year Award nominees last year. It's just this Doc knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows how to play against the other good teams in the West, and um, it's hard to believe that a team with a healthy Kawhi and a healthy Paul George can't get to a Western conference finals, no matter what.
0: Oh yeah. And, and, and I mean, you could put that on any team and they would take it to yeah. the conference finals, let alone a team that already was basically flirting with that last year and had returning more or less the same team. Um, okay. So your whole list is done then my, the only reason yeah. I, I had quiet three was it, Injury risk and load management. Jimmy buckets too. I picked I picked Giannis as a small forward. I, I sure. don't I don't know whatever you're going to play him as. I was contemplating sending you a, a message right before this, being like maybe we just say top five forwards since you know <laughs> there are all these guys basically play every position. But I figured after my Luca debacle last week, I would make sure I put Giannis at the first position he was viable for. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's no, there's no reason to like defend my Giannis pick. It's Giannis. He's whatever position you want to play him as he's going to be the best at that position this year.
1: Dude, I don't even have him ranked top five at any position. So don't feel bad. (laughs) Get out of town. I mean, he's, um, an example of the new NBA in that it doesn't really matter what position he's listed as his job will be the same. Um, right. similar with LeBron, like LeBron's going to be the point guard for big stretches of the year, but he's not going, that won't be his title, you know? So, uh, there's focusing on this too much. Like we said last time is, um, sort of vestigial, like in a few years, we probably won't think about it this way. Um, we'll always have the position names and and there will always be like pure twos, like some sure. dudes just can't distribute but they're right. you know um, yeah so um buddy healed
0: the buddy healed of the world
1: yeah sure who's somehow like two years older than we thought he was
0: mm-hmm. but uh how old's Stan maker did we ever figure that out
1: i have absolutely no idea i loved i thought he was gonna be so good i uh, thought so too all right sorry i didn't mean to I'm throw you off track <laughs> no that's cool it's uh the thing that I thought about when ranking all of these guys, um, Giannis included, is that we are jam-stuffed with really elite wings right now. And it oh sort of God, drops yeah. off after seven. But, you know, like, if I think that Gordon Hayward is going to have a good year, then why isn't he going to be better than Chris Middleton? Right. And, you know, Gordon Hayward might be the two or, or whatever, but he's I a win. Let's talk about our Celtics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's like, I do think that those guys and um like boyan bogdanovich and joe ingles out west in utah like some of these guys are um they're technically the same position and when you when teams you know go small they'll both be out there and one of them will have to be the power forward but these guys are gonna be playing together a lot and it's all gonna look like you know lebrons out there like everybody's going to be six seven to six nine with really long arms and everyone can shoot and everyone can pass and everyone can get rebounds. Um, Yeah. And so like Danilo Gallinari, I think is going to have a really good year, but I couldn't put him in the top five, even though shit. I mean, he'll be a 20 point per game scorer. Like he was what? 36th overall last year.
0: Yeah. He was, I think, think yeah, he
1: scored 19.8 points per game last year. Like why can't he, can't can't he do twenty?
0: Yeah, I think the yeah. biggest. I think the biggest thing that came out of doing this uh, is just the fact that the the names you know, right? There seem to be most more than likely four guys in this forward position. LeBron, Kawhi. I think we both think Jimmy Buckets and Giannis, who are going to be all vying for tops in the league, possible MVP seasons. That whole nine yards, and then everyone behind that. There is a case to be made for them being a top six, top you know five, fantasy player at the position. Like I think yeah. you can t- you can take that from five all the way down to like fifteen. Like there are this is a very deep class of, uh, of players at this position. It's a very deep position in fantasy in that, and I think you can get a lot of value uh deeper in drafts where you can get these guys who are you know joe ingles who is someone who was like populating waiver wires all last year and know, you know so was still oh. was still a very viable fantasy player and could get you a ton of production um and so i think you're going to get a ton of a lot of that uh from this position and there, there's going to be those four elite guys and if you miss out on those four elite guys then take who you want you know that there's no wrong choice after them to a certain yeah. extent And to, you know, go back to
1: Tatum, this is year three. If he has a similar like breakout year three to a bunch of other people in the past, why can't he be a top five wing? He, you know, we all think that he should be eventually. Maybe this is the year it starts.
0: Yeah. Who says no? All right. Before we go on, we're going to, since there actually was a little bit of preseason basketball and preseason basketball is is right around the corner, we're going to talk some of that. Uh, But before we go on to that, we're going to take a quick ad break. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. What's what the poster said? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? No, nope. because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May third. Rated PG thirteen. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back and we're going to talk preseason basketball because it's here. I mean, basketball starts in, in what, a month? Less than a month? Uh, we're in October.
1: Yeah, I think the 22nd is yeah. the first game, maybe? So
0: we are, we are, it's just around the corner. We had our first preseason game. Uh, the Rockets took on some team in China and blew them out handily. <laughs> um, Gasp. I can't, can't say that that was too much of a shocker. Uh, but we figured we would kind of talk about the storylines that we are paying attention to. This this preseason and because, you know, I think preseason basketball is fun to tune into, but it's certainly not NBA level games, but it's it's a time where you start getting to see what these teams could look like, what these players could look like and what these roles could be so Natty, what is a storyline that you're going to be paying attention to this preseason.
1: Well, I should say that preseason is always bullshit and that the storyline, like, everyone's always in good shape <laughs> and, you know, everyone's going to have a good year and everyone's mm-hmm. going to be undefeated before the actual season starts. Having said that, there was so much movement this year that it's just interesting to see new faces in new places and how people interact with each other. Like, who the fuck didn't want to see how Westbrook and Harden would play together, you know? Um, oh, so. so yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, interested in how both L.A. teams look. I am so, like, I sort of know how LeBron and AD are going to play together, uh, but I'm interested to see how the satellites around them will play. Um, Avery Bradley is getting some buzz, but I've read that bedtime story before as a Pistons fan. But he's a great defender. Uh, Seeing who they actually choose as the starters around them will be fascinating because... Dwight Howard beating JaVale McGee is an NBA nerds kind of,
0: you know, yes, like it's happening.
1: Yeah. It's just, it, believe like, it, live in it. It's just so funny to think about both those players and like JaVale got him there. And I, I just can't wait to see what that team ends up looking like. Cause I think it's going to be really, really funny. Um, and then the Clippers are just a fun team and now they have fucking
0: Kawhi. Nice. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. And just like what you were saying about just looking at chemistry and how new faces and new places work, obviously I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about my boss in Celtics because sure, I mean, the thing that you heard throughout Celtics media day was like, you know, turning a page, new steps, taking, you know, shedding the past. Uh, and so I want to see that happen. I want to see what this team looks like with Kemba uh, without qu- Kyrie with all of these rookies that they've brought in. I mean, God damn it. I need me some taco fall in my life constantly and regularly. Um, but everybody what everybody we'll, loves all your centers. That they do Cantor, Time time. They're all Paco. great yeah but like how are they going to play what is that minute allocation going to look like what is this starting lineup going to be are you going to start jalen and jason are you going to start marcus and have one of those guys one of those two guys come off the bench like what is this lineup going to look like what is this team going to look like what is this offense going to be what does brad have schemed and planned the whole nine yards because i think that there is a lot of potential a lot of fantasy potential right in this offense on this team and if we can start getting hints at what we can maybe expect in terms of production, that could be really good to know going into the season. Are we going to get a Jalen Brown, like contract year, pay me max contract, even though you don't think I'm worth it money kind of season. Let's let's start seeing that in the preseason so that I know that I need to drop everything and get him onto my teams ASAP, which I probably will anyways, though I can't say I'm too much of a fan of the fact that he shaved his high top. That is very weird to look at. I'm still not used to seeing his shaved head. Very weird. I feel really bad for you. I know how haircuts
1: can affect people. It's, you know, it's a terrible tragedy.
0: (laughs) It's really just the worst. I'm still recovering. I I don't know if I ever will fully come to grips with it. It's like when Melo
1: got rid of his dreads. Um, Oh man, poor some for that day. I will... I, I think that the Boston season sort of depends on who starts at the two, whether it's Jalen or whether it's Marcus Smart. Um, I think that it probably makes more sense to start Jalen, uh, at least at the start of the year, because you you have to give him the opportunity to show what he is. Right, you have to know um, what he
0: what he's going
1: to be. Yeah and if it doesn't work out then fine you can trade Perfect. him you can do whatever yeah. or you can just you know put him on the bench and maybe he'll blossom there as more of a sixth man but you if if you're not going to give him that opportunity then why is he on your team just trade him right. like right. you know is he an insurance policy for Marcus marketing injured fuck that like if you're if he's not going to be a major part of your future then you should probably get rid of him sooner than later just so that you know he doesn't have to be pissed and embarrassed yeah. Also, and there's like, a
0: ton of other teams that would want him, oh my including God, yeah. mine. I like, I like Marcus coming off the bench too, because he gives brings energy and defense to that second line. Um, and then you're rested enough to give him minutes in the fourth quarter. When, when crunch time happens, what's another thing you're paying attention to this preseason? Uh, I am very interested in the Denver nuggets and how Jeremy Grant is going
1: to look on that team. He's a, uh, we're big fans of his here. I think he's a pretty good player who hasn't been, you know, given that many opportunities. He's, I would assume that he will back up Millsap, uh, but I think he's the heir apparent. Mm. And I think that he is perfect next to Joker. It is when those two are out on the floor, I think they're going to go fast, fast, fast. And uh, I'm just really excited about seeing him take another step this year.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, he looked great in OKC and you wrote a piece last year, last season about him, uh, how he was just kind of like quietly becoming an all star and blossoming right before us and putting him in this offense with someone like Joker and in a spot where, I mean, Paul Millsap is great. Don't get me wrong, but he's not exactly like a, a, a stone solid wall that's preventing Grant from getting starting minutes, you know? Like I I wouldn't be surprised if Grant replaces Paul Millsap pretty early in the season at at a starting spot uh, or Millsap gets injured. God forbid we don't wish injuries on anyone. Um, So, yeah, no. and, And it's just fun to watch that team, too, because that team is so exciting and so fun to see and what's Joker going to do in this offense that's constructed around him with these young up and coming offensive players. Yeah, I'm definitely paying attention to what's happening in Denver because they are going to be a serious contender. They can be a serious contender in the West if everything kind of breaks for them. Dude, can I give you a joker stat real fast? Hell yes, you can. Okay, last year, eight players
1: scored 18 points per game, shot 44% field goal, six rebounds per game, and had four assists per game. Those players are Giannis, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, go stuns, DeMar DeChosen, Chris Middleton, shout out, and fucking Joker. Jesus. That's a list. And Joker did that with 15 field goal attempts per game, same as Chris Middleton. Everybody else had at least 17. LeBron had 20. Oh, also Harden. Like, Jesus, yeah. Oh, sure, sure, sure. The guy that was scoring more than anybody else. (laughs) Right. Like, he is in a tier that is filled with these super athletic wings. Meanwhile, he's a chubby center. Which is but, just you know? absurd. Yeah, and he's still a baby, and he is going to probably improve. It's uh, We might be watching something really fucking crazy. Like He's, he's absolutely incredible, and uh, I think that the Nuggets will get more national airtime this year because of how well they did last year and because of how fun they are. Uh, The only thing I'm worried about is that they have so many players that, um, you know, maybe this will be one of the teams where they're like, yeah, we're actually going to do load management even earlier. We're going to try to keep our young guys from getting injured. We're going to try to save people's legs, Um, especially with bigs. You know, once their feet go, it starts just to be a litany of injuries every year. Uh, But Joker is on a list of the best players in the NBA, full stop
0: no no I totally agree uh while you were saying that th- I realized when was the last time that Kevin Durant wasn't in a top five shoot you know small forward power forward forward fantasy discussion
1: uh since the year before he was drafted probably yeah <laughs> I mean I was, shit, I, was going I don't through remember my what he did <laughs> on the Sonics but
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was going through my list and I was like oh man I thought I was going to for sure have an easy uh, a freebie spot for Durant but uh no because he's recovering from that injury dude
1: what if he's never in a top five again
0: oh all right
1: this is a dark he's coming back from
0: i don't want to think i know it's just like
1: he's also not as young as i think people think all of the players are
0: that's super Um, true,
1: and hopefully he won't have to do as much (laughs) but Uh, knowing Durant, he'll come back and he'll be better than ever and, you know, he'll score 97 points per game. The thing too is that he'll tell everyone else to sit down.
0: Yeah, the thing also about his game is I feel like he, his game, I think, is going to transfer well when he gets older. Like, I don't, I don't feel oh, that, yeah. I don't feel that his game is predicated on his athleticism or his, you know, like he, he's big. And so that naturally plays into it, but it's not like he's beating people off the drivel with regularity or, you know, doing Russell Westbrook things where as soon as Russell Westbrook's athleticism, which we've already kind of seen his athleticism goes down. He's suddenly not as explosive a player. Like Durant is just that like silky smooth can create space out of nothing. And because he's seven feet with a. Thirty foot wingspan. He can his shots unblockable. So I, I think that he's going to be someone who, regardless of if his athleticism takes a slight downward trend after this, I think his game is still going to age very, very nicely. Yeah,
1: he's like a Dirk Nowitzki who can move faster mm-hmm. than a tree. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. he's he's an and ant. play
0: <laughs> and play just like MVP defense.
1: Yeah, he's going. The odds that he is uh, not good. you know, or even average when he comes, I think are zero, like, there's just, he's going to be a top 10 wing at the very least. I'm sure just because of how smart he is, uh, how he can orchestrate a game, you know, like we've, we've all seen Kevin Durant just sort of be the best player. We know what he can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, so the second, the only, the other storyline that I have in my notes, and I literally just have three words written, uh, (laughs) those three words are i mean zion like i'm gonna be paying attention to zion williams like you can't not watch zion williamson and you can't especially after since we were robbed of him in uh in summer league because of his ankle injury like i want to see him play i want to see this pelicans team i want to see all of these young players mesh together and what this offense is going to be with zion at its helm but mainly like god damn it just give me a fuck ton of awesome dunk highlights and i will be a happy man yeah
1: i have such high hopes for this team even though it's going to be really really hard to break into the playoffs um did you I mean, see they they went 33 and 49 last year and uh the clippers were the eighth seed and went
0: 48 and 34 yeah. so that's tough that's tough um, did you see the interview with jj reddick where he was talking with Zion? Yeah, don't fuck this up Yeah, for don't me. fuck this up for you <laughs> oh god it's incredible which is also like shout out to jj reddick for quietly making it to the postseason every year of his career
1: yeah good I for mean, him fuck duke forever and it sucks that he's this good, but he's incredible. And he just had like one of the best year, maybe the best year of his career. Yeah. It's uh, it is sort of telling he chose that
0: team over a bunch of others. I you think, know? Like, I think he knows this team, this Pelicans team. I, I know that it's no one's sleeping on it. Like, I think, I think people are anyone who has any kind of NBA knowledge has a pretty good sense that this team is like, could be a good playoff team, but like, would it shock me if this team suddenly comes out of nowhere and is like a 45 win team no not at all dude my man if they played in the east i would put a
1: hundred thousand dollars on them being at least the fifth seed (laughs) like they're i i think they're better than the indiana pacers right now oh yeah we haven't even seen them play um they're god we really need to get rid of conferences but there uh, there's no way that they're not going to be fun so if the if your motivation to watch sports is to have a good time then fucking watch the new orleans pelicans because yes. they are going to be fun
0: i mean i'm looking right now like who other than the raptors sixers and bucks realistically uh, those are the only three teams that i can like confidently say and even maybe raptors i'm a little lukewarm on but like those are the three teams that i would be like definitely 100 percent better than the pelicans i mean the, well, the
1: pistons but <laughs> i mean um, i left out my boss whatever Celtics. i left out shitter. my Celtics
0: just for just so that you wouldn't have a leg to stand on during this yeah, argument. yeah raise
1: your hand if your team has joe johnson on it mine fucking <laughs> does shit. yeah you're so right. you in the finals yeah. that's right fuck Oh, also the Hornets. Uh, no, I, I, I think <laughs> that's really, really funny. That's mean, dude. Um, Sorry. Sorry. There's, it, it's crazy how many teams in the West are better than the oh, fucking bullshit in the East. Like the Kings are better than five teams in the East. Yes. The Lakers. It's like the, the Mavericks might be, better. It, it is it is irresponsible of the East to be this bad all the time. It's just so fucking gross. Like the Knicks, the Cavs, the Wizards, and the Hornets. That's four teams right there that are going to be, but they are going to be dead dog ass. And just giving away free
0: wins to everyone else in the East.
1: Yeah, dude. And when the Pelicans come to visit, like, I mean, not in the garden, there will be more Knicks fans there, but there's... I think there's a pretty good chance that uh, Pelicans fans nation, you know, becomes a thing this year because of Zion mm-hmm. and because I think the team will be better. And if like, they're going to be a team that people will pay tickets to go to when they come to town. Oh, definitely. so yeah. So that's great. I mean, they're an up and coming team and if they make the playoffs then Jesus Christ, that means one of the, elite teams in the West. And I don't know who it would be would drop out. Yeah. And by the way, the Lakers also didn't make the playoffs last year. So that's two teams right there that we're hoping make the playoffs, which means that one of the warriors, nuggets, blazers, rockets, jazz, thunder, spurs, or clippers can't. Or two of those teams. can't. Yeah. Yeah. Who the fuck is going to fall out of that? Maybe the thunder,
0: maybe the thunder and me. God, fuck. I was going to say maybe the jazz, but the jazz are fucking good.
1: Yeah, they're maybe the most solid team in the NDA, I think, oh, God where like, all it. the pieces seem to fit together and they have everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't know. I mean, the Lakers were the 10th seed last year at 37 and 45, but they <laughs> were a playoff team before LeBron got injured. So uh. that doesn't really count. And if they miss the playoffs, then, uh, you know, <laughs> then something crazy is going to happen. Or it means that something crazy did happen and someone got injured. But yeah. it's, it's hard to believe that they wouldn't make the playoffs if both LeBron and AD are healthy, or right. even if just LeBron's or, healthy. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then we're right, hoping right. that the Pelicans make it in. And that's, like, the Spurs could drop out, I guess, but they're sort of designed to make the postseason. And they had, like, they had nine more wins than the ninth seed. So that's, it, it, it's going to be incredibly tough in the west this year the God east is
0: like who cares honestly this is why it needs to be it needs to just be the top 16 teams regardless of conference yeah agree. just give me the, the best 16 records and have them duke it out for the championship and if the west make it ha- always harder, has right? 10 people or 11 people in it great good for the fucking west yeah when i was thinking about teams
1: that could drop out of the eastern playoffs it was so easy <laughs> i was like it's well literally shit, everyone Indiana, <laughs> yeah yeah, totally. Like Toronto <laughs> might want to. The Bucks right. could, you know, fall to pieces because one person gets injured and they never should have gotten rid of
0: Roggen. Uh The 76ers, it would... Mm. The 76ers would sell after, like, it would have to be a Joel Embiid punches Ben Simmons in the face. and yeah, yeah, yeah Like the right. team just explodes from the inside. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I think it would also be a little bit strange if the Celtics didn't make the playoffs. I think that means that... There was mul- that there were multiple injuries. Yeah, but like the Pacers, the Magic, the Pistons, uh, Kyrie's face is broken right now. So maybe <laughs> I mean, already I off to a Nets great are, start in Brooklyn. Yeah, well, hey, how Brooklyn is that? He was probably at a White Castle. Uh, <laughs> but I, like any of the teams, it, the East is just so much weaker. Jesus so much fucking weaker. Christ! Yeah. Oh well, we both think that Miami will make the playoffs, but like, there's. The Bulls and the Hawks, I think, should, but I can see them both But, having the, but really the fucking glaring Pelicans weaknesses. would
0: blow either of those teams
1: out of the water. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: It's a dumb, it's a dumb way to do it, NBA. Uh any other preseason storylines you're paying attention to before we before we go on to fave things of the week?
1: Well, I had a bunch of storylines. Oh, you sent me a of, huge list and I was like, right.
0: fuck, Natty. <laughs>
1: right. But I will just Go with this. Is Houston going to play faster than they did last year? Last year, they were fourth lowest in pace in the entire NBA. It's a lot of hardened dribbling. Uh, Meanwhile, they got Russ, the Sarge Westbrook, who is dynamite in transition and loves to push the pace. So I will be interested to watch how Houston changes knowing that they have one of the best, you know, runners in the game along with one of the best half court players in the game. It's just going to be really interesting to watch how uh, they sort of change tempo within, you know, not just a game, but within quarters.
0: Yeah, no, it, I mean, that'll be, cause it could be something where maybe they run slow with Harden, they run medium with Harden and Westbrook, and then they run fast with Westbrook and try to, Kind of throw defenses off by changing the pace of the game depending on who's in, um, but you're right. Westbrook operates best when the ball when you're moving the ball quickly and you're getting you're driving quickly and, and getting the offense flowing. Um, and Harden, and I think the I wouldn't be surprised if they speed up a little bit simply because I think a lot of the the slowness to Houston's offense last year was because it was just Harden iso ball um and that was partially out of necessity because they were just like all right well chris paul's injured Hart and your best player just dribble the ball into the ground and shoot you know 70 shots uh but right and
1: chris paul is you know he's a very deliberate player too right like he wants everyone where he wants them in their half court set like get over there he's always yelling um so uh that'll be and d'antoni is a coach that uh historically has had teams run so even though it's hurt him towards the playoffs, it's just going to be really
0: interesting to watch how this goes. Yeah. That team, that team, again, another team in the West, that's going to be really exciting and really fun to watch. I mean, a lot of, all also these, they, there's a lot of games, a lot of teams out here that are going to be fun to watch and exciting. Yeah. Houston can't start slow again. Like they did last no, year. If they, they will if fucked. that
1: happens. Yeah, 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 for sure. It like, I just, it took a miracle. It took Harden being one of the best players in NBA history for about four months For them to uh, really climb out of that hole and they just can't afford to do that again
0: Uh, but maybe that's how we get the pelicans into the playoffs i jesus
1: christ what like what would we do if harden and westbrook missed the playoffs that would be just absurd like i I I, don't know that the rockets would keep the team together the
0: rockets would have to blow things up it would just be it would be like all right fuck it we tried our best this is it we're gonna just trade everyone and build a team and, around Clint Capella.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't like know. Like, yeah, it's, it, it is. You can see how a couple of the experiments in the NBA and how like some of the lineups, you know that not everyone is going to succeed. So some of these teams are going to fail, which means that some of these players are going to be on the move. Uh, speaking of the Pelicans, if they don't do well and if they're not going to make the playoffs,
0: holy shit, do they have a lot of players they can oh trade? God, it's going to be a firestorm. JJ JJ Redick's gonna be J.J. leading J.J. that charge so that he can get on a fucking playoff team. Right. Yeah,
1: exactly. JJ back in LA, the Clippers,
0: like Ooh, you know, it's saucy.
1: sure. Or yeah. there's a lot. I mean, depending on how D'Angelo Russell does in Golden State, like Ooh. that's a team that might be wanting to make a move. There's New Orleans is going to strangely be like a linchpin to this NBA season because depending on how well they do will sort of determine how the rest of the West, uh, you know, stacks up in terms of playoff seating. If they're good, then someone, one of the other teams is going to drop out. And if they're bad, then maybe two or three of the other playoff teams throughout the NBA will get even better because they'll just start jettisoning players. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Awesome. Uh, last thing, faith thing of the week, Natty, what did, what do you want to talk about? My favorite thing of the week actually happened a week ago.
1: The Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the smallest, you know, franchises media-wise in the country got fined for <laughs> talking about extending their MVP. They broke the new tampering rules by saying, "Yeah, of course we're going to extend him in 2 years when he's eligible." and they got fined 50 grand. It is hysterical that this is how things work. No one should have any confidence in any kind of authority because they literally just wrote this fucking rule and it was supposed to help small market teams. And the very first time they apply it, it's against the small market team that wants to keep the best player in the fucking game. I just I laughed so hard when I saw that. That is absolutely
0: hysterical. Good th- job, Adam Silver. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about how somehow the Milwaukee Bucks signed Robin Lopez. And I was like, I, when did this happen? Because I saw them on media day. Then Robin Lopez and Brooke Lopez taking pictures together. And I was like, my head exploded. I was like, when the fuck did the Lopez brothers reunite in Milwaukee? Dude, and
1: Brolo probably needs to get fined for tampering. He probably spoke to his brother about <laughs> plans. Like, give me a fucking break, man. The The tampering rule is about Kawhi calling Paul George and saying, I know you just signed your contract, but what if? But what Like, if? that's that's what it's about. And Oklahoma City wanted to do that trade anyway. Yeah. Like, the the rule is in place to protect teams like Milwaukee, and then they immediately used it against Milwaukee. It is so awesome. Oh. Ugh, what a microcosm. Anyway, was, what's
0: your fave thing? <laughs> uh, my fave thing is, so baseball playoffs obviously starting and the MLB tweeted out an ad for it, which was basically like a hype video uh, about using old MLB footage and then you know, superimposing current players into the old footage. And, you know, how they're mm. talking about how these young guys are taking over the league and the league has changed, but we're still baseball, whole nine yards. Great. It's great ad. Very much enjoyed it. But it reminded me of a much better ad that is much better job. And this is an old NBA ad, which is one of the greatest things in the world. If you have not seen it, you should go find out, go to YouTube, search NBA Christmas ad. And it's not the one where they're shooting single singing jingle bells with the basketball nets, It's this, it's this NBA ad where it's basically like, I think it's called like the forever ad or something like that. And they just show it's the history of the NBA, but they, again, superimpose current players with old players so you have like Michael Jordan fist bumping Derek Rose this was after D Rose's MVP oh season. yeah this is a long time ago uh Larry Bird passes out to Ray Allen to hit a three like there's just all kinds of stuff like sure. that and the music for it is incredible and it's just a really it's just a tr- phenomenal ad so I of course like binge watched it again today after seeing this MLB ad so that's that was my favorite <laughs> thing of the week was just like basking in this ad's glory over and over and over again on repeat it's too bad they didn't show
1: the old players like smoking cigarettes at halftime or (laughs) drinking beers at the local bar or, you know, just like going out to clubs and getting into hijinks because there's nothing else to do. Um, That's great though. Yeah. I I love before the season ads. ads.
0: Yeah. It's great.
1: It's cause like nothing bad has happened yet. And like, they tend to be a little bit more clever and just really upbeat and uh, it just, you know, you're filled with belief anyway unless you're unless you're a Charlotte fan. fan.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, they always play nostalgia well, which is, uh, I'm such a sucker for nostalgia oh sure yeah why why shouldn't you be all those people are cool in the past too
1: right and they're the ones that the current players measure themselves up against right um you know like westbrook with oscar robertson so it's it's cool it's uh it's a fun <laughs> thing to think about like who would do better now or then and it's like yeah but these dudes you know they're taking like regular airplanes to to places yeah they're going on buses like they're just eating three cheeseburgers and then playing
0: they're smoking i saw this i saw this question going around where it was the 62 dolphins the undefeated miami dolphins if they could play the 2019 miami dolphins who would win and it's just like (laughs) even though the miami dolphins this year's miami dolphins is like one of the worst teams in nfl history that we'll probably ever see in the nfl they still would beat the undefeated Miami Dolphins simply just because the players are better, faster, more physical. Like, humans have just become better at sports and better physically and better at maintaining and taking care of their bodies. And so you're just, even if you take the worst current NFL team and put them up against the best old NFL team, you're just, it's not going to be a competition. Do you think this year's Charlotte team could beat
1: uh, MJ's 72-win <laughs> bowl game, Bulls team? does
0: is is it because i don't because is it mj's <laughs> mj's bolts bolts team but it's him now currently playing for that team
1: dude i don't think he could fucking
0: beat like just
1: mj by himself i this team's gonna be i can't tell if this team's gonna be bad bad or fun bad i hope it's fun bad i hope it's fun be-
0: bad i hope scary terry just becomes a menace Yeah yeah, he should just lean in, man. Be the bad boy. Like, let's fuck everybody else. Just become just become what Russell Westbrook was for like the last five years, where everyone is just like fighting about whether or not he's good or not. Dude, and enjoy Charlotte. That's a
1: fucking great town. It's a good basketball town. And the thing is, there's no reason not to just Run and be as young and as fast as you possibly can. Try to win some games. The funniest thing in the world that could happen is Charlotte
0: making the playoffs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't even. If that happens, then we officially write a petition to Adam Silver to get rid of conferences. Because if the fucking Hornets somehow make it into the Eastern playoffs and the Pelicans do not, uh, I'm quitting the NBA.
1: It's an idiosyncrasy that everyone understands makes absolutely no sense. Like conference imbalance has been a thing forever. And it, you know, the teams don't even make sense. Obviously Memphis isn't in the West, Minnesota is in the West, but uh, it, they, they just demand having it because the owners want guaranteed playoff games. So yeah. these shitty, these four shitty teams every year get to host playoff or not host, but they get playoff games and it's really just for those four dudes every year like that the rest of the league should just be like whoa wait wait. there's way more of us than there are of them like i don't give a shit about indiana like uh, what are they to me just get rid of it just get rid of it abolish it adam silver i know you listen to this podcast so
0: there you go yeah
1: add two more teams and then just do you know 16 regular bracket one through 16 perfect that's the solution
0: uh all right well there you go that's the time we've got this week uh make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to the fake teams podcast channel itunes spotify stitcher whole nine yards we are there follow us on twitter at the long to podcast uh and we will be back at you next week to continue our discussion of fantasy basketball as we head into the season natty have yourself a good week do the same brother talk to you next time